Welcome to Furniture Industry News for Tuesday, November 14th, 2023 from FurniturePodcast.com, where you can stay up to date on the latest news surrounding the ever-evolving furniture industry. In today's episode, we'll cover furniture sales decline, U.S. furniture imports and exports, the impact of rising interest rates on the furniture retail industry, the stability of the furniture industry's supply chain, suggestions for manufacturers and suppliers, focus on desirability in the high-end furniture sector, challenges faced by Canadian furniture retailer Bad Boy and upholstery manufacturer Barclay Furniture Associates, and recalls and new launches in the furniture industry. According to the CNBC NRF Retail Monitor, furniture and home furnishing sales experienced a decline in October. This information is based on real-time debit and credit card purchase data that measures activity in the retail sector. The monitor revealed that sales for furniture and home furnishings decreased by 1.29% compared to the previous month. This decline follows a drop of 1.03% in September and a decline of 0.81% in August. Among the nine retail sectors tracked, furniture had the second worst performance in October, with electronics and appliances experiencing a slightly larger decline at 1.38%. However, online-slash-non-store sales emerged as one of the top performers, with a 1.18% increase in sales compared to the previous month and a significant 29.1% increase year-over-year, Only sporting goods, hobby, music, and bookstores fared better with a gain of 1.45% in October. Overall, the CNBC NRF Retail Monitor indicated that seasonally adjusted core retail sales, excluding auto dealers, gas stations, and restaurants, experienced a slight decline of 0.03% in October, following a gain of 0.09% in September. Year-over-year retail sales showed a growth of 2.63% through October. The CNBC NRF Retail Monitor utilizes data from Affinity Solutions, which includes information from over 140 million credit and debit cards, with nearly 9 billion transactions, totaling more than $500 in annual spending. This data helps track and measure monthly and annual changes in U.S. retail sales. The National Retail Federation President and CEO, Matthew Shea, expressed that this new tool will enhance how retail sales are tracked and provide valuable insights into consumer spending behavior, demographics, and channel performance in the industry. The monthly data will be released approximately one week prior to the U.S. Census Bureau retail sales figures. The sharp decline of 30% in household furniture imports to the United States during the first half of 2023 serves as a stark reminder of the significant shift the industry has undergone in just one year. From January to June 2023, countries engaged in trade with the United States exported approximately $12 billion worth of household furniture, a considerable decrease from the $17.1 billion recorded in the same period in 2022. In fact, the first half figures for 2023 only show a 3% increase compared to the situation in 2019 when the total world imports amounted to approximately $11.7 billion. Most countries within the top 10 experienced a double-digit decline in furniture exports, with the exception of Canada, which observed a modest 1% increase in its export total, propelling it from 6th to 4th place. Italy, despite a 17% decrease in exports, gained two spots to secure the fifth position 
due to more substantial declines from other countries. Meanwhile, Malaysia witnessed the largest change among the nine nations with falling exports, as its exports plunged by 45% to 484.5 million. Consequently, Malaysia dropped to seventh place from fourth, having fallen from third place the previous year. Though Vietnam and China, the top two countries, suffered losses of 28% and 39% respectively, Vietnam managed to maintain its position at the top and even widened the gap with China. Mexico, ranked third, failed to surpass the 1 billion mark this time, with exports amounting to 987 million. Notably, Cambodia replaced Poland to claim the 10th position with 155 million in furniture exports to the United States. Furthermore, all the top 10 categories of household furniture products shipped to the United States experienced double-digit declines for the six-month period, a significant departure from the growth observed in the same time frame last year, ranging from 3% to 39%. The largest category, miscellaneous wood furniture, accounted for exports valued at $2.6 billion, but witnessed a decline of 28% compared to the corresponding period in 2022. Wood frame upholstered chairs suffered the most substantial loss, declining by 41%. In terms of U.S. exports, household furniture experienced an 8% decrease for the first half of 2023 compared to the same period in 2022. However, there were some gains within a few categories, such as wood frame upholstered chair, metal frame upholstered seats, and miscellaneous cane and bamboo furniture. Canada remains the largest customer for U.S. made furniture products, accounting for nearly two-thirds of the world total, with exports valued at nearly $697 million. Mexico, among the top 10 importers, increased its purchases of U.S. furniture during the first half of 2023. Additionally, there were notable changes in the composition of buyers from the United States, as Germany and Saudi Arabia, previously in the 8th and 10th positions, were replaced by the United Arab Emirates and the Dominican Republic. The latter ranked 7th and 10th, respectively, on this year's list. Interest rates have a significant impact on the furniture retail industry, especially when they fluctuate. As interest rates rise, it affects the real estate market, leading to a decline in home transactions, construction, and furniture sales. With 30-year mortgage rates reaching all-time highs, the furniture retail industry is facing significant challenges as home-related activities decline. Higher interest rates increase the cost of borrowing for home buyers, making home ownership less affordable. This leads to a slowdown in home sales and a reduced demand for furniture and home furnishings. Additionally, rising interest rates influence the construction industry, as developers may reconsider new projects or delay home construction. This means fewer opportunities for individuals to purchase new furniture, affecting the revenue and profitability of furniture retail businesses. The real estate market's health directly impacts the furniture retail industry. Rising interest rates often result in declining sales for furniture retailers. Prospective home buyers become more cautious, and existing homeowners postpone upgrading their furnishings. This decrease in demand can lead to inventory backlogs, lower revenues, and potential layoffs in the industry. Rising interest rates also create economic uncertainty, which further dampens consumer confidence. When people are uncertain about the future, they tend to be more cautious about their spending habits. This apprehension significantly impacts the furniture retail industry, as consumers may delay 
or scale back furniture purchases until the economy stabilizes. To mitigate the negative effects of rising interest rates, furniture retailers must adapt and implement strategic measures. Diversifying product offerings to include lower-priced items appeals to budget-conscious consumers during economic uncertainty. Offering promotions, discounts, and financing options can incentivize customers to make purchases despite higher interest rates. Creating a unique and engaging shopping experience, expanding e-commerce presence, and managing inventory carefully are essential strategies for furniture retailers. In conclusion, the impact of rising interest rates on the furniture retail industry is undeniable. Understanding the relationship between interest rates and the industry is crucial for businesses and consumers alike as they navigate the ever-evolving economic landscape. Adaptability and strategic measures are key for furniture retailers to thrive in challenging conditions. The CEO of Ashley, one of the world's largest furniture companies, believes that there are no supply chain issues on the horizon in the near term. Todd Wanick stated that the supply chain has become much more stable and strikes at ports have mostly ended. However, he did mention that there are blank sailings where vessels are canceled due to insufficient demand, resulting in occasional delays. Despite this, Wanick does not anticipate any major disruptions to the stability of the supply chain within the next two years, unless there is a war. When discussing supply chain diversification, Wanick mentioned that around 60% of their products are made in the U.S., but it has become more challenging due to a lack of interest in factory work among recent graduates. He emphasized the importance of investing in robotics to eliminate heavy industrial jobs and reduce costs. Wanick acknowledged that labor costs have increased, driven by factors such as inflation and employee demands for higher pay. He emphasized the need for good communication, maintaining market-aligned pay and benefits, and cultivating positive relationships with employees. In terms of pricing, Wanick stated that while some products remain more expensive due to additional features, overall prices have stabilized and are close to 2019 levels. He emphasized the importance of providing customers with a good value for their money, as affordability plays a crucial role in attracting more customers. In a recent column, we discussed the importance of change and innovation within the retail sector, highlighting the need to employ new strategies and take calculated risks to impress customers with fresh concepts, iterations, and creations. Building upon that, I have compiled a list of suggestions specifically geared towards manufacturers and suppliers to help them make a quick breakthrough. Firstly, diversifying product offerings is essential. Expanding the product line to cater to a broader customer base can include offering different styles, sizes, materials, or price points. Additionally, focusing on customization by providing personalized options to meet specific customer needs can attract those looking for unique pieces, such as customized furniture. Strengthening e-commerce platforms and enhancing online presence is paramount in today's market. Improving the website for easy navigation and purchasing is vital. Investing in targeted marketing campaigns and promotions that highlight unique selling points and special offers will help attract customers. Collaborating with interior designers, home stagers, or influencers to showcase furniture in different settings or through social media channels can enhance visibility. Furthermore, prioritizing customer experience through excellent service, efficient delivery, and after-sales support is crucial. 
investing in cost-efficient manufacturing processes that do not compromise quality and exploring innovative materials or production methods can provide a competitive edge. Embracing eco-friendly practices and promoting sustainability in manufacturing is vital as more customers are conscious of their environmental impact. Identifying niche markets or trends and tailoring products to meet specific needs is another opportunity for growth. Regularly gathering customer feedback and adapting products based on market demands and preferences is essential. During economic downturns, exploring financial strategies such as financing options or flexible payment plans can make purchases more accessible. Lastly, taking advantage of networking opportunities, industry events, and trade shows to showcase products and build relationships within the industry should be a priority. Ultimately, it is crucial to sell the wow rather than solely emphasizing the why. As a fashion business that values craftsmanship, comfort, and safe havens, focusing on the quality and promise of our products rather than selling by the pound will benefit all parties involved. At the upper end, there is a growing emphasis on desirability, custom design, and creating memorable experiences for customers. This trend is evident in various industries, including retail, travel advertising, and hospitality. While some view the concept of buying and transacting our way to experiences as cliche, there is an argument that certain experiences rise above the mundane. For example, furnishing an entire home with bespoke pieces curated by a personal design consultant may qualify as a memorable and unique experience. Companies like Restoration Hardware are aiming to transform themselves into genuine luxury brands. RH's CEO, Gary Friedman, has expressed a desire to emulate the success of France's LVMH Group, which owns numerous prestigious luxury brands. LVMH's focus on creating dreams and providing unforgettable experiences has made them a powerhouse in the luxury market. Other brands, such as Dufresne Spencer Group, Banana Republic, and Marcor, are also placing emphasis on desirability, custom design, and bespoke experiences. Worth & Company, a new retail venture from Dufresne Spencer Group aims to refine homes through an elite and personalized shopping experience. Additionally, the demand for ultra-luxury living spaces is on the rise, as seen with developments like Maison Hudson in New York City. These properties come with luxurious amenities, personalized services, and bespoke furniture and designs. While the COVID-19 pandemic has had its challenges, the luxury furniture sector is expected to grow in the long term. Despite fluctuations in the industry and the constraints of the global supply chain, the high-end market is predicted to experience modest growth. The focus on creating unique and immersive experiences remains a key strategy for companies in this industry. In conclusion, the luxury market is placing an increasing emphasis on desirability, custom design, and bespoke experiences. Companies are striving to provide customers with extraordinary experiences that go beyond the ordinary, whether it's through personalized consultations, curated collections, or luxurious living spaces. While the market faces challenges, the long-term growth potential for the luxury furniture sector is promising. Canadian furniture retailer Bad Boy has taken the step of filing a notice of intention to make a proposal under the Bankruptcy and AMP Insolvency Act. The filing was made in the Ontario Superior Court of Justice and was initially reported by Canadian online news source Daily Hive. Bad Boy officials have explained that the decision to restructure 
is driven by a challenging economic environment. Factors include high interest rates, declining sales in the housing sector, and a tight retail climate, particularly in the home furnishing sector. However, the retailer remains open for business throughout the process. In fact, it expects to begin a liquidation sale at some of its stores in the near future. As part of the proceedings, Bad Boy is unable to issue refunds for deposits or complete any outstanding purchases. The company advises customers who have paid a deposit by credit card to contact their credit card company for a refund. It notes that the credit card companies may request evidence of Bad Boy's insolvency and has attached a certificate of filing confirming the commencement of the NOI proceedings to help customers provide this evidence. Founded in 1955 by Mel Lastman, Bad Boy has a rich history. Lastman sold the trademark to The Brick in 1975 to pursue a career in public office. However, his son Blaine revived the brand in 1991. According to CP24, Bad Boy has a presence with 12 stores across Ontario. Acting as the trustee for the proceedings is KSV Restructuring, a boutique advisory, restructuring, and valuations firm based in Toronto. Barclay Furniture Associates, a high-end custom upholstery manufacturer based in Massachusetts, has made the difficult decision to close its doors after 73 years in business. The announcement was made on the company's Facebook page, along with a final sale where all inventory must be sold. The Hynek family, who has owned and operated Barclay Furniture since 1950, shared the news with a heavy heart. They expressed their gratitude to the community, vendors, employees, and customers for their support throughout the decades. Acknowledging their retirement from the furniture business, the Hynek family highlighted the opportunity for customers to own heirloom-quality upholstered furniture that has been handcrafted in western Massachusetts. They emphasized the custom fabrication process, which includes the use of eight-way, hand-tied springs and the finest designer materials available. The closure of Barclay Furniture is attributed to a lack of skilled labor. The company's owners, Michael and Ronald Hayek, both in their 80s and 70s, expressed the difficulty in finding individuals willing to invest the time to learn the craftsmanship required for high-end upholstery. The company has specialized in manufacturing custom sofas, dining chairs, and vanity chairs since its establishment. Working closely with interior designers, Barclay Furniture created bespoke pieces using solid wood, often sourced from New England. During its final sale, heavily discounted items were available, allowing customers to purchase items such as a leather-covered wing chair at a reduced price. Over the years, Barclay Furniture employed 37 workers at its peak, but due to retirement and a lack of skilled labor, the workforce has dwindled to just a few craftsmen. Barclay Furniture Associates will be remembered for its dedication to quality and craftsmanship, serving the community's furniture needs for over seven decades. Indoor and outdoor home furniture supplier Twinstar has issued a recall for over 14,000 electric fireplaces that were sold exclusively at Lowe's. The recall was prompted by 24 reports received by Twinstar and Lowe's, which involved incidents of overheating, fire, or smoke related to the recalled units. Fortunately, there were no injuries reported, but there were two cases of property damage. The affected product is the Style Selection's Black Infrared Quartz Electric Fireplace which measures 42 inches wide and has a heating power of 5,200 BTUs. 
These fireplaces were manufactured in Vietnam between September 2021 and January of this year. They were sold at Lowe's stores and on Lowe's, com for approximately $200. Consumers who have purchased this product are advised to immediately cease its use and unplug it. They should then contact Twinstar to arrange a refund for the purchase price. The Consumer Product Safety Commission has provided an online recall registration form at www.twinstarhome.com recall, as well as a contact number for consumers to receive further information on how to participate in the recall. Stay tuned to Furniture Industry News from FurniturePodcast.com to stay informed on the latest updates in the furniture industry and make sure to subscribe for future episodes.